0: So, we are joined by three lovely guests in our studio. Uh, we're on Facebook Live. If you go to my Facebook page, Karen on RTHK Radio 3, you can see them. And we're talking about Elephant Week in Hong Kong. Yes, we know there are no elephants in Hong Kong. Uh, but... That doesn't mean that we don't have uh, some wildlife conservation connections which are closer than you may think. So joining us to talk about this are Colin Dawson, chairman of the Elephant Foundation, Daniel Ole Sambu, who is a Maasai warrior and the head of Predator Protection Program at Big Life Foundation, and Neville, I'm going to try to say your name. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Neville Kagagelo Ngomane? Yay! (laughs) And Neville is a 19-year-old, 19 or 20 now. 20, yeah. okay, so you, you got older. 20 year old uh, from Bush Book Ridge who recently won the Young Environmental Photographer of the Year Award. So welcome to all of you. Thanks for coming thank in today. You. Thank you. And thank you for making it in today. I know it's not easy to navigate in Hong Kong today. <laughs> um, so Colin, first of all, for listeners who don't know, tell us about the Elephant Foundation.
1: Okay, well, We set up uh, about six years ago and the whole purpose is educating youth in Hong Kong and other people in Hong Kong about the, the the difficulties of conservation, and so Hong Kong has a huge role to play. Unfortunately, in the ivory trade and the trade in other endangered species, and not many people know that. I mean, so many people say to us, "Why are you protecting animals five thousand miles away?" And it's like, well, in actual fact, Hong Kong is the reason we're needing to protect these animals because Asia is the the hub for the trade, and Hong Kong, particularly with the ivory trade. So um, we decided that uh, we needed to go and visit schools and talk to kids and students about it. And when we talk to people, we find that 70% of people don't know an elephant has to die to get its ivory. Really? And they just they, think I the task... think it just falls out, right. yeah. So so when we talk to them about it and explain and explain the effects it has on the elephant families, etc., uh, they're horrified. They really don't want to know about it. And so we take the view that, that, that you've got to stop the demand for the right. killing to stop. And the best way to stop the demand is for people to decide themselves they don't want it, rather than being told they can't have it. it has got to be a multi-pronged attack because there aren't many elephants left. But if people decide themselves, that's a much stronger way of decision making.
0: Exactly. Um, Just give us a sense of how big this uh, trade is in in wildlife.
1: (laughs) Well, there's about 400,000 elephants left in the wild. And uh, whilst the poaching figures are falling, uh, they're still being killed at about thirty to thirty-five thousand a year.
0: Wow, that's a lot! And it's
1: a huge number. So, so that that works out to be about one every fifteen minutes. So, the only reason elephants are killed are for their ivory, and and sometimes people use their tails, but it's, it's basically the ivory. And Asia is the the main trading post right. for the ivory
0: and the demand is still high here
1: and the demand is high um china's demand has dropped off dramatically since china introduced the ban china has been trying really hard to, to be very good in that um the countries surrounding china i think are the big problem now um wealth is increasing in these places thailand vietnam in particular uh, ivory rhino horn pangolins And there's been quite a lot of shipments seized coming from Africa to Asia Um, uh, this year particularly it's been a lot of seizures huge numbers of pangolin scales and pangolins have been found in shipments so the demand is still high in the areas where the governments aren't really stepping up to the plate Uh, the laws are there but are they really stepping up to Mm, the plate
0: okay
1: yeah in actual fact one of the best questions we've had all week from a student was whose side is the government on
0: Mm, good point <laughs> exactly yes um daniel let me let me move to you um so big life foundation operates in kenya correct yes and tell us exactly what you do there
2: so yeah we operate in the southern part of kenya and uh, uh, some part of tanzania in uh, a community land called the intimate wildlife management area but uh, mostly in kenya between four major national parks uh, and in between the parks is a community land a very big one providing dispersal area for wildlife from the parks because the parks are not fenced so there is a very high interaction between livestock human being and wildlife so there's a kind of uh, a very high human wildlife conflict and then uh, before we started our operations there was we recorded very high frequency of poaching in the area
0: Right, and the po- the reason people poach is for money.
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah, we have two two ways that uh, poaching is happening. One is uh, for commercial purposes. People who want more money, that is driven by greed, and uh, also poaching driven by poverty. Some okay. people do not get meat, and they definitely want some piece of meat in the table. And and, and and that has also led to them going into the bush, kill small herbivores and large herbivores. But when a large herbivore is killed, that is commercial poaching because you cannot f- finish meat of a giraffe in, in a family. So definitely right. some meat of that giraffe Will be going to the to the urban centers for for sale
0: Mm, okay so then how do you stop the poaching is it is it just education is education enough or do you have to provide something else
2: of course education has to be there but the first thing you need to do is to bring in the community to support your programs you need to involve the community and i thank the elephant uh, foundation the main theme this year is how to involve communities in conservation conservation through cooperation. And that that means you need to bring the community in. So our first strategy was to tell the community the importance of having wildlife in their lands. And and then from there, we started now asking them which programs do, do, do they want to see working in the area so the first thing we did is to employ um, most of the uh, uh, most of our ranger 95% of them are from the community and they're not employed by the gov- government they're employed by the organization okay. then from there we tell them now there are more to come one of the other programs that we will do is to make sure that we provide scholarship to your needy kids those who can excel to go to high school and colleges will try and find a uh, philanthropists who can support that program and it is happening another thing we've done is because they depend on livestock for their livelihood we will also try to compensate for you if your cows sheep and goat are killed by predators right. and it is working since 2003 so all this program is to 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 encourage buy in by the community to support your programs and that means after they have realized this is working they started giving us information for voluntarily. Okay. If anybody come into that community trying to do poaching, they will report, or they will even arrest themselves. We have informers across the land, so they you cannot do anything in that land. You don't know who will report to who.
0: Wow, so that will change it completely. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Neville, let me bring you into the conversation. Tell us about you, where you come from, and your background.
3: Well, I'm from South Africa in a small village in Bushback Ridge. Uh where where I am it's it's like um well most of the poaching never happens that side but um I always wanted to bring change into my um, I can say my small town. So what I did was I used my photography skills uh to bring change. So I always went to the Kruger National Park, worked with organizations to try and overcome poaching, uh, so yeah, that's what I've been doing.
0: Now, yeah. I saw online the photograph um, which won you the uh, prize for the Young Environmental Photographer of mm-hmm. the Year Award. Um, uh, do you want to describe that photo for us, for our listeners? Okay. We, we can't show it, but <laughs> yeah. you can describe <laughs> yeah. it, yeah, it's pretty amazing.
3: So uh, uh, the photo uh, shows a Honing which was uh, happening in uh, South Africa. So what, what I did was I took a picture of the guys trying to dehorn the rhino. Dehorning is when you cut off the horn. So we're trying to protect the the, the, the rhino not to being poached. So when you cut off the horn, uh, poachers kind of not want to go to poach that rhino because there's no horn in it. So yeah.
0: And But the photo is, you know, the, these two men holding, kind of holding down the rhino, I yeah. guess. Is, yeah. Was the rhino sedated? Or? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It has to be sedated, otherwise <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. And he's using a,
2: <coughs> a ah, chainsaw. A
0: chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see pieces of the horn flying yeah. everywhere. Yeah. How mm-hmm. did you feel taking that photo?
3: It was actually quite hard. I mean, like, you watching someone trying to cut an animal's uh, body part, it's really quite Quite hard, hey. So, what I was actually trying to do, well, I wasn't happy at all seeing all that. But it is the only way to deliver a message to the people. That's the only way people can see it, so that they can start uh, acting and supporting uh, rhino conservation and protecting them.
0: And um, you, you entered the photo in this
3: competition. Yeah. And. How did you feel when you won? Were you you shocked and surprised? (laughs) Well, it was, uh, I was so speechless, I didn't know what to say. Uh, When people told me that I won, uh, it was just wow, you know. Never you won. It's happening now, you know, yeah.
0: And how has it changed your life?
3: Um, Well, lately now, most people are like uh, recognizing what I'm doing. And uh, currently, I'm now the, uh, I'm I'm working with the uh, Project Rhino. We are, I'm acting for rhinos, I'm okay. the, ambassador of real food, uh, the ambassador of real food system and I'm working with uh, other organizations in South Africa to, to try and do conservation.
0: You know it's so wonderful that you're doing this because you are so young and, mm-hmm. and you need the next generation to care about these issues and there's nobody better than a young person to tell another young person mm-hmm. that this matters, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what will you be working on from now onwards?
3: Okay so from now on uh, I'm focusing on more of conservation and uh, working out outreaches going to communities just like what I'm doing here with the Elephant uh, Society. So yeah that's more of the things which I'll be focusing on currently. Okay. Continuously.
0: Great. Um, Colin, let me come back to you. Um, You know, we did say it's Elephant Week, so you have a whole week of activities, is that right? (coughs)
1: That's right, yeah. So this is our sixth Elephant Week in Hong Kong. And we bring, Daniel's been here for five of those years. Um, And we bring, uh, normally bring someone else as well as Daniel over to visit schools. Um, And we talk to kids of all ages, from four to to 18, um, about the work we do and about the work these guys do. Um, and really, just trying to bring it into the school bring it into the awareness program, raising awareness of the of the issues so so we, we predominantly have school visits and we have some community talks as well it 's our only fundraising week of the year so so we rely on this week to to operate throughout the year um, and we 're beginning several programs uh, to move through next year so we 're starting um, Friends of the Elephant Foundation for example, uh, where we want to bring people closer to the work we do closer to the communities that Daniel's involved in by having links between schools and schools um, and then we got the Marseille Games next year which is our big big event next year we had to postpone it this yeah, year sadly. We were going to have it this
0: year originally. Right? That was
1: the intention yeah. but unfortunately because of what's going on at the moment we had to postpone that yeah. and so um, we're building it up to being a bigger and better event next year.
0: That'll be great. Can you tell us about the Maasai games?
2: So one of the very clever ways that we work with this community is to try and stop the culture of lion killing by warriors. Uh, the culture demands that for you to really say that you are a warrior, you have to kill a lion in your mm-hmm. lifetime. And uh, we, we thought this, this is now going against our, our early objective of conservation. So the, the elders sat with us and they said, um, I think we can design a very good way uh, to stop these warriors from killing lions and uh, everybody said because kenya is good in athletics let us try the, the sport and then we introduce we bring in activities that don't really go against their culture um, they, they will do the jumping they will do a target like they, they will do javelin just like spear throwing they will do running uh, so this activity does not actually divert them from their culture but it will stop them from thinking about lion killing because the, the, the principle of lion killing is so first is to make you popular right. and the sport can still make you popular. Another one is um, uh, culturally, you if you kill a lion, you, you, you become respected by the village and uh, definitely that means many girlfriends. Uh-huh. And, and the sport can still do that. So all these are designed, uh, we designed the, the, the activity to also make these warriors uh, become popular through sports not lion hunting
0: right that's great and and has it been working i mean do the young men feel like you know what i don't need to kill a lion now because i can do all these other things
2: yes it is working it is it's their own um goal that they also fear now going against what the government is doing in protecting endangered species lion included so the the elders and the traditional chief all agreed that this is the most clever way to, to, to have the warriors, to have the tradition, but doing the sport. So they, it's really working.
0: That's fantastic. Um, Colin, I believe you also have um, a big uh, dinner coming up. Again. On Friday. Come, yeah. yeah, tell Friday. us about that.
1: Um, well, it's our annual gala dinner, and the, the aim of the evening is really raising awareness. Um, we hold it every year at the island Shangri-La. They've been extraordinarily supportive of us, particularly this year where it's been really very difficult. Um, so we do have seats left if anyone wants to come. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a good dinner. We have various people talking. We have discussions. Um, we have lots of um, things up around showing people what's going on. And one of the things we're focusing on this year is good news. We mm. think Hong Kong needs good news yeah. at the moment. So there's, there is lots of good news to come out of conservation. I mean, take the Maasai Olympics, for example. They started off Maasai Olympics. There were ten lions left in that area. And now there's over 200.
0: That's amazing. So
1: there is wow. good news coming out of conservation. Yeah, the elephant populations in various parts of the world are increasing. Even though the killing is still happening, it is working. There, there is, there are good things happening, um, and you know, we we just hope that people. See positive things happening. It encourages them to actually, yeah, okay, it is going to make a difference if we do stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what we're trying to do. But the, the dinner's a good evening. It, it's not a rip roaring jumping up and down every evening. Uh, it's a, it's a good evening. Will Lots of do Some Maasai dancing. Uh, that depends Daniel on Daniel. That. We do, is we're, we're launching the maasai <laughs> cocktail tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, so it depends how many maasai cocktails Daniel has on Friday. <laughs> well,
0: that's wonderful. So, um, Colin, tell us if listeners would like to go along can they buy tickets and and where can they get more information now
1: uh, for sure so all you need to do is visit our Facebook page or our, our web page and um, we can, you, can, you can drop us a note and, uh, yeah, definitely come along. I mean, there, there's, there are tickets available. Um, uh, it's easy to get in touch with us. So just just find us on Google. The Elephant Society the elephant. is easy to find there. Fantastic. So, um, that's no problem, yeah.
0: Okay, well, listen, uh, all the best for this week and your school visits. It's been so wonderful to talk to you, and I hope you have a wonderful elephant week. Thanks Great. so much for joining me today. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. And we've been speaking about Elephant Week with Colin Dawson, Daniel Ole Sambu, and Neville Kagagelo Ngomani. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us.